0: Hook 'em up with Ian Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I
1: woke up to the morning sky first. Oh yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. You had better wake wake 'em up. It's Monday, not just any Monday here on Ian Rod B. Hook 'em up. It's game week for the Texas Longhorns. Five days out to the Longhorns season opener, 2023, and the first full slate of Saturday college football and college football. Uh, across the country, had a smattering of games on Saturday. Some actual games that matter. We'll certainly dive in on this Monday morning. We're really getting you ready for Texas and Rice to open the season. Game week for the Longhorns. Also, uh, the NFL's preseason officially In the books, over after last night's Texans-Saints game. We'll recap and uh, see if we can figure out what we learned, if anything, from the uh, three preseason games played by all of the 32 teams in the NFL. Major League Baseball, there's a new team atop the American League West this morning, as we predicted may happen we went into the weekend. We've got uh, plenty of uh, diamond talk to have in golf. 25-year-old Victor Hovland is the best player in golf this morning. Also had a busy weekend out at the Moody Center at Dell Diamond. Uh, all kinds of things to talk about as we start your Monday, the 28th of August, and we are glad you are with us. Whoever you're finding us this morning could be on 101 uh, 101.9 FM, AM 1260. Of course, streaming digitally on our digital horn app, which is free to use and so easy to use. Also on our uh, website at hornfm.com with the Twitch channel there. Also, our YouTube channel is uh, growing by the day in the morning. We appreciate that. It's Austin's only local morning sports conversation, 6 to 11, every weekday morning right here with Ian Rodby. And look who it is. The shutdown corner himself holding down his side of the show tremendously for five hours each day, five days a week. From DB High in the 713 and DBU here in the 512. Well, it's four different stops in the NFL. He's a lifetime Longhorn, a football theorist, Number 21 in your program, but number one in our hearts. He is our man, Rod Babers. Rod, how was your weekend?
2: It was a great weekend, and, man, it's going to be an even better week because it is game week. Yes, sir. So we'll dive into the Rice Isles a ton, and, of course, uh, Jerry Jones, damn, that man knows how to steal a headline. So we will discuss the big bombshell tra- uh, trade that happened. Uh, man, it seemed like they were trying to bury it uh, because it happened Friday like news Friday, <laughs> Friday, like, you know, three or four o'clock, somewhere around there. But, yeah, Trey Lance now a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, we got to get into that. So we'll, uh, we'll discuss it from every angle. But, of course, we like to give a shout-out to all of those who uh, choose to serve our society built on the selflessness of service. So we'll appreciate all those who serve with whether it be God, country, or community. We know you're up early, uh, so we're doing our best to salute you, whether it be soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, waste management. doesn't matter what you are doing. If you're serving, uh, you're one of the guardian angels of our society, so we we'll appreciate you. No
1: doubt. no doubt about that. Appreciate you being there. Always use that SPECS text line, 512 337 3776. A good way to get to us also on Twitter and the social medias. Uh, we'll talk about the weekend and recap it with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, plenty of all three over the weekend. And it is game week, so that is really a good thing. Steve Sarkisian will have a game week news conference at 11 o'clock this oh, morning. Yeah. Uh, we'll preview coming up behind the burn orange curtain. Will there be a depth chart released? What are the anticipated conversations of this morning as the horns do get ready? for the Rice Owls. But uh, Ty Henderson is through the glass as well. He will contribute throughout the morning. Appreciate him being there as well and appreciate you. And as we've said, if you do serve or know somebody who serves who would like a shout-out, pat on the back, little uh, accolade here on Ian Rodby. Send that to us. Oh, Get shizzle. it to us on that Specs text line. We love to give a shout-out each morning or several shout-outs to those who are in mm-hmm. service of our community and do it on the daily. Appreciate that each and every morning. Uh, including this morning, the 28th of August. Rod, let's get people caught up on the busy weekend. Headlines to start the 6 o'clock hour. gbo Business Services brings it to you. We'll start with the Longhorns. Yeah, it's now game week as the Longhorns begin their final season as members of the Big 12. Uh, before conference play can begin, That's three straight non-conference games. Including this Saturday's opener with those Rice Owls, Texas currently a 35-point favorite. According to those in Vegas, it's the 2:30 kickoff. Horns are ranked 11th in the preseason AP poll, 12th in the coaches poll. The consensus preseason favorites to win the Big 12, entering head coach Steve Sarkeesian's third season. Rice is picked to finish 12th in the 14-team AAC after a 5-8 record in 2022. It's the sixth year for their head coach Mike Bloomgren. Uh, plenty on that game and. The Rice Owls all week long. College football season opened this past Saturday. Few games of note on zero week, including six-ranked USC. They rolled San Jose State 56-28. It was only 21-14 at halftime, but the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, did toss four touchdowns in Dublin, 13th-ranked Notre Dame. While up Navy 42-0, new Irish quarterback Sam Hartman threw four TDs, two of them to the true freshman from Westlake. Jaden Greathouse was tremendous on Saturday. In the NFL, the league's 2023 preseason officially in the books. That came to the end following Houston's 17-13 win over New Orleans last night, after which Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans officially announced that rookie C.J. Stroud will be their week one starting quarterback. Not a surprise, but it's now official. Dallas Cowboys wrapped up their preseason Saturday night with a win over Vegas, 31-16. Dak Prescott didn't play, but called plays for the night. And reserve quarterback Will Greer took every snap for Dallas through four touchdowns, but was told before the game that he would be his last game with the team. He was going to be waived following their trade on Friday to acquire Trey Lance from San Francisco for a fourth-round pick. Major League Baseball, the streaking Seattle Mariners are now in sole possession of first place in the American League West. First time this season. Rangers had held at least a share of first place every day since April the 8th, but they lost for their ninth game in their last 10 yesterday in Minnesota, 6-5 to in 11 innings. They now trail Seattle by a full game as they finished off a sweep of the Royals in Seattle. Houston, Wall at Detroit, 17-4. In the rubber game of that series, they're also a game back of the M's, tied with the Rangers at Dell Diamond. Round Rock Express won again, rolled past Salt Lake City, 11-2. And from baseball, how about the moment in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, yesterday where young Lewis Lappy lived out every kid's dream. His team from California locked in a 5-5 tie at the championship game of the Little League World Series. Unbelievable. Yeah, Carl Ravage on ABC. They beat uh, Curacao to win it six to five. They are the Little League World Series champs in golf. Twenty five-year-old former Oklahoma State Cowboy Victor Hovland ran away from the field at the season ending tour championship outside Atlanta. Hovland finishes the week at twenty-seven under. He is your FedEx Cup champ. I think it will be one, one over on the past two weekends and cash his checks totaling $21.6 million. Also this week on Austin FC, fell to ninth place in the Western Conference of the MLS with a 1-0 loss at FC Dallas, and a great weekend at the Moody Center for your pro bull riding team in Austin. The Austin Gamblers, they finished off a 3-0 weekend on their home dirt. They win Gambler Days in front of a packed house. Gamblers now 12-1 on the year in the PBR Team Series.
2: This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, Cowboys fans. I need to know how you feel about your your new third-string quarterback. Yeah. He'll soon be a second-string quarterback at one point. We just don't know exactly how it's going to play out. Uh, But Trey Lance, now a member of the Cowboys organization, 512-337-3776. I'm excited about this. And I'll tell you why, because the Cowboys for a long time, I've even said it on the what the the, three weeks we've been on the air together or whatever it is, I've said the Cowboys have a bad organizational habit of not drafting quarterbacks. They just don't do it. I don't know why, whatever. You look at the common draft. Now, I'm not going supplement or anything like that. I'm talking about the common draft. In the last 34 years, they've only drafted seven quarterbacks. 34 years. That's crazy. That's, seven? Oh, that, seven. That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. The Eagles have drafted like seven since, I want to say, in the last 15 years. Somewhere around there. They just don't do it. They've only drafted like six. Now,
1: quarterback is the most important position in the sport, correct? It, I think it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think we all agree it's really valuable.
1: It's the most important position on the team.
2: The Patriots have drafted 14 since 1998. The it Cowboys seven just... Seven
1: three, in three, almost three and a half decades.
2: They just don't draft... I don't know what it is. I'll go back and count it again. Those are my old notes. I'll go back and count it again, see if I was mistaken. But it's, it's a crazy number. They have drafted the fewest quarterbacks in the NFL in the last two decades. And I don't... Like I said, it's a bad organizational habit. You go look at the Eagles. They've drafted... Think about the quarterbacks they've drafted, even though they drafted like, like I said... Seven quarterbacks in the last fifteen years. They got Nick Foles a part of that draft. They've swung and missed on a Carson Wentz project. They've got Jalen Hurts, another now franchise quarterback out of that. They've lived. They've lived three, four different quarterback lives (laughs) through drafting quarterbacks just in the last decade. And but the Cowboys don't operate that way. So I think this is growth for them. They didn't draft them. But essentially, they traded a mid-round draft pick for Trey Lance. And I think it's just a healthy organizational habit. You want to give yourself margin for error when it comes to the quarterback position. The late, great Bill Walsh used to famously say, very few people can evaluate the quarterback position, and even fewer can coach the quarterback position. And you can flip them if you want to. It doesn't matter. And it's true now that, as it was back then when he said it. And that's why, like the Patriots, they drafted 14 quarterbacks since 1998. A lot of those guys drafted ahead of where they drafted Tom Brady. They drafted 10 quarterbacks after drafting Tom Brady while Tom Brady was still a part of the organization. Because they were understood, hey man, we got to look for the next Tom Brady. They know they lucked up. They know they lucked out with Tom Brady. 6th round pick 199th overall. They know that was a luck move. They know they forced Gump their way into it. But at least they acknowledged that it was luck and it's a lottery. And in order to win the lottery, you got to buy more tickets, draft more quarterbacks. You never know when you're going to hit on one. And when you hit, oh, how ask, ask the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> ask the 49ers who drafted since 1999, I don't know, 13 quarterbacks since ninety nine.
1: Some yeah. you hit on, some you don't. Surprising move for the Cowboys for sure. I mean, it's a the pick, great move. When I heard it was for a fourth-round pick, that one really knocked me over because that's a lot. I mean, that's a heavy pick for someone who we thought was going to be waived potentially. Uh, but you know that the Niners were trying to recoup something because they gave up so much to acquire the pick in which they used number 3 overall on Trey Lance. Uh, but it obviously means the Cowboys had a high grade and high opinion of Trey Lance coming out. Uh, we know his career has not gotten off to a very good start. You gave the numbers last week of how few passes Trey Lance has thrown in his career. And my question will be with Dallas is just like it would have been in San Francisco as the third quarterback, how do you develop a third quarterback? I mean, this is a project that's longer than just this year. I get that. Uh, but, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're now focused on this year. Training camp is over. Uh, all the offseason work is over. Now it's about Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush navigating the 2020. You know, three season, uh, which is a high bar season for the Cowboys, uh, but now Trey Lance is in the fold for a fourth round pick. Uh, obviously, they're looking down the road here, but I don't know that you're going to get much out of Trey Lance this year, or either we'll be able to develop him very much this year. That'll be a project that can begin in the off season.
2: Uh I'll tell you why I think the value is um, <laughs> immediately, because I'm with you. I think Obviously, it's a developmental project for the Cowboys, and Brian Broaddus, who we both uh, listen to and Brian Bros is great. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. fantastic. He's really plugged in. He said uh, the the Cowboys, you know, it's a, a deal for them because they had a second round grade on them. So they had a second round grade on them. which, which I mean, obviously the the Forty Nine ers gave up three for eventual first round picks for him uh, and a third round pick. So obviously a little bit higher grade than a second round grade, but. For the Cowboys, that's still value, though. you look at acquiring value is how you should look at it in the commodities market. They still acquired great value if they got a guy who even they had a second-round grade on him, but they got him for a fourth-round pick. So essentially like drafting a mid-round quarterback. But here's the immediate value. First of all, Cooper Rush is on the two-year contract. You can trade Cooper Rush. He's flippable, right, because he started his career as really good 4-0 as a starter Uh, sixth quarterback in the last 20 years to go undefeated uh, in his first four starts. Like Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo is in that group, Big Ben. So it's a good group to be in. So he's tradable, right? That's a tradable piece. You can flip him now. After the year. Whenever it is, yeah. Whenever you decide to do it, that's now. Or, hell, who knows? Now you got Trey Lance. He's tradable. He's flippable, too. Some team may decide, hey, man, actually we wanted him uh, we, we didn't get a chance to get that fourth-round pick out there, but actually we want him. So you can flip him too. But here's the immediate impact. And I've been saying this for years, and I think the Cowboys are are going in this direction. And it's brilliant if they are. And it's Dan Quinn if it is. The NFL now is more of a running quarterback league than it's ever been. Ever. All right, you have actually more designed quarterback runs than scrambles for the first time in NFL history. They've been keeping track of it. Since you play so many of these dual threat quarterbacks, you need one that's going to be on your scout team. You need one to practice against. It, it can't. It can't be that. That can't be that guy. that's practicing for the defense. It ain't Cooper freaking Rush. I can guarantee you that. I need somebody who can simulate these three, four, five quarterbacks I'm going to see a year in practice. And by the way, I'm seeing more of them being drafted every year.
1: Well, you have we to be able to simulate that in
2: practice. And Sean McVay said it famously. He said. Uh, he said, Lamar Jackson, the first time you see it, it's blinding. He said, my guys don't adjust to it's like the second half, the speed of Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position. He said, it takes a while, and we don't have anybody in practice that can throw like Lamar Jackson and run like him. Now the Cowboys do. So they have a simulation of a dual-threat quarterback. I haven't looked at their schedule, so i got to go check and see how many of these guys are going to play. Daniel Jones is one. They play him twice a year. Well, you know, Jalen Hurts is one. Yeah. They play him twice a year. <laughs> All right. Yeah, So, division. you know, you got, you got four of them in you got, right? You got four games in your division alone, and you're probably going to end up, I don't know, three, four other ones. So that's, that's like eight games a year. You're going to end up half of your damn games. you got to play a dual threat quarterback. Why not have one that can simulate that in practice rather than make Cooper freaking Rush or Will Greer? Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. That's yeah. why they got it immediately. And by the way, that's Dan Quinn.
1: Yeah, they want that's Danny to. Danny boy. Well, I think that's that's well said. That, that's a piece of it I hadn't even thought of. But uh, to prepare for, to prepare for Jalen Hurts in the, in, the, in your own division, Daniel Jones with with design runs, Justin Fields in your conference with the Chicago Bears, um, then there are more and more of those type of quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, he gets healthy in, uh, in 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 Arizona is another one. But yes, yep. I mean design runs and a quarterback like Trey Lance, who at least right now in the immediate can run your 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 weekly scout team and help you prep for that. I think exactly that's right. And, um, you right know, now. Uh, right, right, this, this, right this tomorrow. Because we, know, the, we tomorrow. know what the bar is. If you're Mike McCarthy, <laughs> you, you've got to get past the divisional round. <laughs> and if you don't, you might be handing that job over to Dan Quinn uh, to see right? if, he can, if he can do it better. And obviously they've put the pressure on to, to, to Mike McCarthy calling the plays now. He and Dak Prescott, who, by the way, looked pretty good calling plays on Saturday night. Hey, man. It's uh, hey kind of awkward. He's calling the plays for Will Greer, who, who they knew would he was not going to play beyond that year. That was his last game. They mm-hmm. put out some tape. Put out some tape, Will, the former West Virginia Mountaineer, and Hold he down. did that. He did. So, yeah, we'll get into what we learned and things we maybe can glean from the the preseason. But Rod Babers mm-hmm. with a great point there on the Cowboys. And Trey Lance. Maybe that makes some sense to help prepare. Look, the name that jumps in your mind is Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts rushed for over 1,000, well, close to 1,000 yards. But don't forget
2: Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones can go. Hey, I know he's, you know he's not the right complexion for that guy for that guy to run, but he can run run now. But he's right. <laughs> yeah. And
1: you know, so, and, you, and you're right. Serial types out there because people you know you play in the NFL you understand this. I mean your your backup quarterback doesn't run your scout team. It's usually your third guy. And so and, yeah, exactly. And your third Practice guy can actually guy. give you reps, legitimate reps to try to help you with what you have to prepare for to play the Eagles twice a year and Come on. Gonna play Daniel the, Jones. The
2: tush push you got to prepare for that now. Yeah, prepare for that quarterback sneak. you need a big, you know, strong quarterback that can replicate that. Trey Lance is that. He's basically a, a mini Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah.
2: He's got a mini Hurts in that. Well, look, I mean. They, so he can earn his money right there if he can help you beat the Eagles twice a year just because he can give you a great simulation in practice.
1: They give your defense uh, a more, more prep look. Oh, and, man.
2: Uh, that's Trust me, I remember V.Y. At our, at giving us scout, scout team looks, and that wasn't fun. Before, young, before yeah, he became he a, yeah, as a young freshman, Vy just trying to show off and I'm like, coach, this ain't fun. This <laughs> get out here, showing off, yeah, exactly. So, hey, trust me, that can make you better as a defense, no question. That's what, and I know Dan Quinn's thinking about that. Dan, I don't know if that's what Mike Oh, because uh, by the way, Jerry Jones said he did not consult anybody. He said he didn't consult Mike McCarthy. Didn't now he said he didn't insult. He didn't consult Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott. He didn't say Dan Quinn. So I wonder if he consulted Dan Quinn before the move. But he claims he didn't consult anybody when the 49ers called him. He said he, said he couldn't hang up the phone. He would not hang up the phone.
1: Uh, all right, so the fourth-round pick for Trey Lance. <clears throat> Cowboy fans, what say you? As the Cowboys now prep for their season opener September the 10th against this New York football Giants. Speaking of Daniel Jones, uh, Texans named C.J. Stroud. Their starter, they'll now start prepping for Baltimore. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, that's who they open with on September the 10th. So <laughs> a lot of NFL college football is underway. We'll uh, discuss the, uh, the couple of games over the weekend and start looking forward to the Longhorns, including uh, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour. And, yes, the uh, – Because everyone's got to be offended now, apparently. The Embrace the Hate moniker not going over well with the PC community there, Rod. The Embrace the Hate t-shirts and moniker for the Mm. Texas football season uh, has rubbed some people the wrong way. We'll try to... (laughs) Climb in and explain that coming up here on this uh, Monday edition. The good, the bad, and the ugly. What say you? Hit us on the specs text line, five one two three three seven three seven seven six. It says dude will likely not even take a snap in Dallas. Well,
2: that may exactly. be true. But my point is he may not. But exactly. But you get him for the scouting. Y- y- y'all not realizing what a value that's. I'll go look at the Cowboys schedule and find out how many of these quarterbacks they play. But as Ian I just mentioned, you got you got two of them in a the division alone. So, you've got four games where you got to play against a true dual threat quarterback. And like I said, Cooper Rush ain't giving you a good look. So, that, and by the way, he's, I mean, he's not costing you a lot of money. Right now, he is the, based on the guaranteed money you owe him, he's the 20th most expensive player on the roster. So, it's not like he's costing right. you a lot of money. Right. And you should have been drafting quarterbacks anyway. Like I said, you drafted seven of them in the last 30 something years. What the hell? That doesn't make any sense. That is nonsensical. And by the way, that is, general, that is malpractice from a general manager perspective. And, and, and by the way, Mike McCarthy comes from the Packers organization. <laughs> he knows this because Ron Wolf, famously, the uh, Hall of Fame GM once famously said, man, if they'd let me, I'd draft a quarterback every damn year. And he's the one that really rubbed off on the NFL and influenced the NFL to draft quarterbacks basically every other year. That's why the, the Eagles are where they are. They draft quarterbacks essentially every other year. They just drafted one last year, I believe. They always draft a the quarterback. <laughs> they just draft them. Why not? You never know when you'll find a Brock Purdy. If the 49ers had not been drafting quarterbacks, where would they be right now? Shadow be fired. Fired? <laughs> Nobody's got a job. Why? Because they're drafting quarterbacks. Guys, it's just smart. And, the, and the, the, the Dallas Cowboys have been the most irresponsible and the luckiest team in the NFL when it comes to the quarterback position in the last 30 years. I BS you not. Go look at it.
1: Uh, Good points. Rod Babers, as usual, uh, as we start your Monday, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. What was uh, good for you, uh, including him having college football back? How about Jaden Greathouse, the Westlake Chaparral? A couple of touchdown passes from Sam Hartman. Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, if you could find the Pac-12 network on Saturday night. I could not, Rod. I could not watch that. I didn't know I don't have the Pac-12 network. What are the
2: problems? What do you know? USC, the
1: the preseason favorites to win that conference playing uh, Santa. I couldn't see the game. I couldn't Mm -mm. see it. It went on. I don't know what the Pac-12 Damn network is. Uh, by the way, Jalen Hurts last year, rushing totals.
2: Come on now. <laughs> give it to
1: me. 760 <laughs> yards and 13 <laughs> touchdowns. Exactly. 13 touchdowns. He what? was uh, Come uh game Come on. Did he like three games too? He yes, did, he did. At the end of the You're year, right.
2: in December, yeah, before yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, and, don't, and Danny Boy is up mm-hmm. there too. Dan, I know people don't hate on Daniel. Daniel Jones is right there in that category, man. Daniel Jones can run, run and and by the way Brian Dable encourages him to run run you yeah you need a defense that can be ready for that so
1: yeah nope. well so look if if you're the Cowboys and your offseason goals are to you know your your season goals going into the offseason we got to get better than Philadelphia uh, cuz they were in the Super Bowl that that's the, the the reigning champion of our conference and they're in our division uh, and you're right Daniel Jones rushed for uh, 708 yards and seven touchdowns last year Mm -hmm. 708 yards. A lot of people would be surprised Daniel Jones over 700 yards rushing. Uh, But that was part of what Brian Dayball brought to that offense. So it's a great point. So if you drafted Mozzie Smith with the first pick, your first-round pick, and part of the reason for drafting Mozzie Smith, the big, powerful guy out of Michigan – is you got to be able to stop that quarterback sneak. Yeah, you do. How many quarterback sneaks did Jalen Hurts run? I know, um, you know, good sports talk radio is not quarterback sneaks, but those oh. fourth, those little fourth and third and shorts mm-hmm. where Jalen Hurts gets the first down and they push him into the pile. Oh, man. Cowboy, you got to figure out a way to stop that. Yeah, you do. Got to figure out a way to pre- prevent that. And, you know, Mozzie Smith with Leighton Van Der Esch back, and, and now this for Trey Lance to try to simulate the quarterback in Jalen Hurts, or you're going to have to beat along with Daniel Jones and and others in the conference. All right, good stuff there. NFL uh, preseason is in the books. What was uh, good for you this weekend, Rod? Did you do anything super fun, or did you uh, do some uh, uh, adulting. final weekend but yeah, adulting?
2: A lot of adulting going on this weekend, man. I'm not with it, but I think that's going to be a lot of adulting in my future. <laughs>
1: well, so you got, got a, a pregnant, kid on the pregnant way. wife.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we were setting up uh, nursery stuff and doing stuff like that. Adulting, nice. Like adulting.
1: Yeah. We did some adulting. I uh, hosted a, uh, <laughs> a wedding shower for nice. a good friend's son and, and soon-to-be, fiance- soon-to-be daughter-in-law. So, yeah, we had a big big uh, party at the house for, for that. That was a lot of fun. Also, I spent uh, went to the Moody Center yesterday for the Gambler Day. mood. How was it? Oh, my gosh. What a what, party. A, what a great event. Uh, props to J.J. Gotch and everybody down there. I mean, sellout crowd Saturday night. They were packed Friday, packed again yesterday. Uh, it was really, really great. And uh, bull riding in, in person is just a thrill. It is an it adrenaline is. rush. It is, man. I mean, gosh, Friday <laughs> night they had two, two brides had to go to the hospital ride. One guy nearly broke his – he did break his back. He nearly got paralyzed.
2: I'm not surprised. Another yeah. guy
1: got stepped on, broke three ribs, and, you know, collapsed a lung.
2: It's another day at the office. For yeah. The, for the, yeah. That's really how they operate. One of the first riders out
1: of the chute. <laughs> he gets his – he started dragging his foot. Like his oh, foot got oh, caught. Oh, oh my oh. gosh, Rod. It was I know. terrifying. Oh, man. Uh man. But, yes, that was great. So, props to the uh, to the gamblers oh. and JJ. They are 12-1 and 1 now. That was a lot of fun. Ty, did you do anything fun this weekend? Uh Went out on the lake. Of course, that's where that's you live. Fun, Friday,
0: like Saturday, that. and then I went on my first ever like three AM boat ride, which was interesting.
2: A three AM boat the ride? The only
0: boat boat out there. It was it was glass. The water was, nice. was amazing. It was fun. Good weekend.
2: Is that um is that considered dangerous? It's legal. Well, yeah, so, well <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it's not dangerous then if it's legal. I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody was really <laughs> swimming.
0: I, I hopped in once, but it was more just for the aesthetic. So, Rod yeah, and I nice. were, were I like adulting. That. Ty was not
2: adulting. He no. shouldn't be. Living the dream. I, I was 20, what are you, 23? 28, uh, 5. 25. Oh, no, 25. I'm yeah. 26. Living oh, man, you're getting older than I thought. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, right? coming back, we will discuss the embrace the hate controversy. Also, the Longhorns behind the burn orange curtain. What are the goals uh, for the game with the Rice Owls in six days as the Longhorns are to game a week? We will also uh, uh, talk about folks being, being in, in living the dream. Victor Hoblin, living the dream. Seattle Mariners. Living the dream. They're now in first place. Uh, We'll get to all that. Lionel Messi continues to live the dream. Uh, We will recap your weekend with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Glad you're with us here on Hook'Em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'Em Up,
0: 1019-AM-1260, The Horn.
1: It is Austin's only local morning sports conversation. Five hours, five days a week, including uh, this game week, Monday, We'll go behind that burn orange curtain coming up. Longhorns, what are the goals for the season opener? We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian this morning at 11 o'clock for his Game Week news conference, getting you ready for the Rice Owls. They had their mock game on Saturday or they their mock week, and we'll get mm-hmm. uh, final details as the Longhorns beginning. Got to put it in the dirt, play for real. It's about and, damn time. Um, we'll talk some Texas football and a lot of Texas football, obviously, all day long. This says, guys, uh, it was easy to find the USC game if you streamed it on YouTube. Defense still looks like a Lincoln-Riley defense. If it wasn't for a timely kick return after a San Jose TD, they very well could have been in a dogfight in the fourth quarter. You had that a freshman take a kickoff return to the house.
2: Yeah, he's got some, ex- some explosive athletes on he, offense. But, uh, yeah, defense is still a project for USC. Defense a
1: project. They brought in all the, uh, the transfers and trying yeah. to shore up that side of the ball. Meanwhile, I did get to see Sam Hartman with Notre Dame, Rod. He is, uh, that, that's a, we told you that's a kid who's got mm-hmm. four years of starting experience. He's the real deal, man. Through 77 touchdowns the last two years for Wake Forest. He's the real deal. And their question is weapons. Jaden Greathouse from Westlake caught two touchdowns, two catches, or three catches, 63 yards, and two TDs. Uh, it'll get tougher because Notre Dame has to play Ohio State and Clemson, and uh, the ACC schedule's tough for them. But uh, gosh, they'll play you know some tough games here in the month of, of September, into the month of September, but or no, so Notre Dame has a tough schedule, but Hartman is the real deal.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I did not. I mean, I had I had no doubt about that. Um, I'm glad that Jaden Greathouse though. Early on is going to be one of the, the targets they're going to utilize in the passing game. You brought it up last week. They don't have a lot of weapons. No, uh, that are proving commodities. And turns out Jaden Greathouse already uh, making a name for himself. So uh, good for him.
1: You know, you're to have to lean on a true freshman like that, but uh, they are going to. And if there's a freshman that can do, remember, he, remember, Jaden started as a freshman at Westlake. Yeah, which is which is tough to played. do. He played. <laughs> that's hard to do. It's tough that to school. do at
2: Westlake to start <laughs> as a fresh. And it's tough to get playing time at Notre Dame as a freshman. So. The kids obviously got a ton of talent, Uh, but I I will say this, though, about, um, you know, kind of what Notre Dame is doing. They've been recruiting a ton of the state of Texas, though. That's one thing that uh, Marcus Freeman has prioritized is recruiting the state of Texas, and he's doing a really good job. But we know that here, Central Texas, already got like three or four different commits from Central Texas in the last couple of years. Uh, We'll get
1: some uh, Just the Facts, the What the Facts segments before the top of the hour, including Mm -hmm. uh, I was hanging out with some billionaires yesterday, Ron. Hanging out with some billionaires, Ooh, rubbing elbows. Hanging out with Won't billionaires, do any dropping. But uh, yeah, no, we had a great time. I'm uh, sure you
2: did. Well, <laughs> it's always a great I time ever when you're hanging out, been with, hanging billionaires. out with billionaires. What, is it what billionaire you hang out with? in it's lame. That would suck. All right. Well, you're hanging that's out with probably them. true. Yeah, I mean, if you're a billionaire, it's always got to be a good time. A billionaire. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh But right now, let's go behind that burnt orange curtain. It's time to talk some Texas football game week.
0: And they were all asking themselves the same questions: What? is behind that curtain
2: all right there's a lot to discuss obviously breaking down rice <laughs> Um, we'll get into Rice, obviously, as the week goes on. I'm sure Longhorn fans don't want to get that deep into Rice. They want to talk more about uh, what the expectations are for the Longhorns in this game. Um, so we'll get into some of that, too. And today, of course, Steve Sarkisian will be speaking to the media at his uh, his Game Week media availability, Game Week press conference. Uh, we'll have that sound uh, for you guys tomorrow. But after that, I'm sure depth chart is also going to be something that either is released or announced. I'm not sure how, how it's going to work out, but that will come out this week. Week two, and um, I I think you think we get
0: a depth chart today. I I think you're gonna. I'm looking at an updated one right now. I think I
2: think think you get it game week, right? That's usually how it works. Well, Sark said last week that we played the sound
1: that uh, you know they they wanted the competition to be really strong into the mock week, but. Yet they they would have the conversations, and they're going to let pe- you know which players know which ones the ones, which ones the twos, and you know positions like right guard and you know backup quarterback is it Malik Murphy or Arch Manning? Is what about corner opposite Ryan Watts? Now, those are positions that yep. you wonder if today we actually see some clarity on, and and Sark will then be asked about it. Uh, what that depth chart looks like heading now? Look, it's pretty clear against the Rice Owls that everybody's going to play in this game. You're talking about what goals they should. you're looking to achieve against Rice is get a lot of players on the field Yes, in the heat at 230. Use your depth. Don't want to get anybody injured in this game ahead of Alabama. But at the same time, you should have a chance to, to get through pretty much all that depth chart and get some guys on the football field as a 35-point
2: favorite. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That is the goal. right? We should be able to see. Hell, the fans want to see Archman. They should be able to work through the quarterbacks. And get a lead that is comfortable enough, and get Quinn enough reps that Malik can get some work, and then Arch can get a little, get some snaps. I don't know if he's getting work. He'll probably get some snaps because I don't know if he'll be throwing the ball that late in the game. But he should be able to get some snaps. That's how you know things are going well. If Arch gets some snaps, there you go. Because man, you still got the four four game red shirts. You still can give him snaps, and then keep the red shirt if you want to. You don't have to freak out about that. So. That, that, I think, would be the goal versus Rice. Versus Bama, you know, hell, ain't no, ain't nobody, right. no, you know what I mean? You don't expect anybody to see the field except for your starters and the guys that you are dependable, rotational players.
1: Well, I think that's what your your depth chart's about. Who are the best guys that give us the need to be on the field to help us beat, beat Alabama, right? And mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, get off to a good start to our season. Everybody will play against Rice. But, uh, you know, somebody asked who are some of the breakout players for the Longhorns in 2023. I mean, obviously, there. – you know, Quinn, yours could be a breakout player, but the the, the name you kept hearing through Spring Rod was was AD, AD Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah, AD Mitchell, over and uh, over. That was kind of like the camp MVP mm-hmm. on the offensive side, uh, and that that can be, you know, if AD Mitchell becomes you know a guy that that uh, you know he came here to be in more of a passing, um, a diverse passing offense, and wanted to come back to the state of Texas, AD, because of course he was playing for the national champions at Georgia and could have stayed there, could have tried to win a third national championship. He's here. Uh, we've talked about that receiver depth. That would be one guy that, uh, that jumps out for me on the offensive side uh, who who could be a breakout star. In the, who's this guy? Well, he was the breakout star of the spring game too, Rod. Mm, yes, he was. And who do you look out on defense that could be a breakout <sighs> big-time player that we haven't talked a lot about? Is there one? I mean, Alfred <laughs> Collins was that maybe is the most the hope. pleasant surprise of the camp.
2: Yeah, the hope is that and we've been hearing a lot about Alfred Collins trending in the right direction. If Alfred Collins has a breakout year, it really could change it really could change the the upside, the the ceiling for this defense overall. I, I do believe if he's if he's performing and playing at you know his level of expectation, which is that you know he's a guy that can be an NFL player, if he's playing at that type of level which we haven't seen consistently, we just seen flashes of it, I do think the upside for this defense is tremendous. Uh, so he's a guy you look for as a breakout player. Uh, another player that I think this year could end up having um, a breakout campaign. Uh, well, I don't know if he is a breakout player or maybe he's already had that breakout year. I think Jaron Thompson is kind of lined up. I mean, he's, he's the elder statesman in the secondary. He's the He's been in the system longer than anybody else. Um, I've heard his remarks about film study in the offseason, that he's got into film study, the chess match within the game, the cerebral part of the game, that I talk about getting guys lined up. He's going to have to do that, right? Jalen Catalan is going to be a new member of the secondary. He's going to know the scheme, but he's not going to know it as well as a guy like uh, you know Jaron Thompson. So we will have to get guys lined up. He'll have to... Uh, You know, be the guy who makes the checks and kind of the audibles from the back end with that defense. And I think it could be a big year for him. Heard about him making some plays in camp, too. Making interceptions in training camp, in the scrimmage. Uh, That should be... Um, A guy that you look for to have a breakout campaign. He should be a consistently dependable player back there. What you really want are ball hawks, guys who go after the football. And I'm hearing that that cornerback spot, if it's going to be a young Malik Muhammad, watch out for him because he's forced his way on the field. I think they thought the cornerback spot at the field corner would be uh, not an easy easy determination about who's going to be the starter. I think the coaches were projecting it to go a certain way, and then Malik Muhammad the freshman made their job difficult, which is a good thing um, because he forced his way on the field by making plays in those last two scrimmages and trending in the right direction. So now he's in the rotation for corner. They like what he's done. It's also a talk that they like what Gavin Holmes has done um, at corner. But I think that Malik Muhammad's got to look out for because he just seems to, I keep hearing about him just making plays. Yeah, he's man. just a playmaker.
1: Manny Muhammad, a true freshman from South Oak Cliff. Uh, Meanwhile, Gavin Holmes, the transfer from Wake Forest. And there's a chance for the the folks looking for breakout stars. You know, three of them are breakout players. Three of them could be your transfers. With A.D. Mitchell, Jalen Catalan is likely to start at safety and brings a real edge to the back end. And just, uh, you know, Sarkis talked about how he set the tone for them as a tackling team. A guy who just tackles through ball carriers. Uh, bringing that aggressive style from Arkansas. Well, that's why he's had shoulder injuries, right? Yeah. Very aggressive player. He's not the biggest guy in the back end. Uh, And then there's, uh, you know, Gavin Holmes, the Wake Forest kid who's been pushing. Because as you said, the field corner, you kind of thought it was going to be Terrence Brooks.
2: Yeah. The sophomore out of Little
1: Elm is the guy, and Manny Muhammad has pushed his way, and that's – that's where that's healthy competition, yes, right? That's is. the good kind of competition. Mm-hmm. But that that would be my question. Where we know against Rice, the depth chart is one thing because everybody's going to play, and it's going to be a very hot day, and you want to get as many bodies on the field as you can. But against Alabama, who runs out there uh, as your number one corner, <laughs> as your number one right guard? That says
2: it all. <laughs> that says it all about who you trust. Yeah, who you are going to play? You're going on the road at Tuscaloosa, yeah.
1: and you need to bring. Uh, so you know, it, is it going to be Terrence Brooks? Will it be you know who's going to play right guard? Is it DJ Campbell? Uh, against mm-hmm. that Alabama team, you know Nick Saban's going to try to push you around and try to get physical in that game. Uh, looking forward to it. We are counting it down. It's game week for the Longhorns. We'll get into the uh, the embrace the hate debate because apparently there's uh, some hurt feelings. They don't they're lot, even on the Longhorn campus. There's faculty that are not happy that the University of Texas is bright, is going with the embrace the hate mm. um, moniker. Uh, we'll put it out there for you to uh, weigh in. Are you disappointed in the Longhorns, as some people are, at least the, uh, the athletic department? Also, some what the facts coming your way, including uh, the busy weekend. The Seattle Mariners are now in first place in the American League West. Victor Hovlin is the best player in golf right now. And uh, the other facts of a Monday
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod
1: Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Five hours every day, it's Ian Rodby with Ty producing, and uh, there's some Rolling Stones. When I was arriving at the Moody Center yesterday, Rod, for Gambler Days, the, the Sunday finale, Kevin Fowler. Kevin oh, Fowler yeah. was playing, and he's playing some Rolling Stones on the stage out there right outside the Moody Center. Nice. You can see Kevin and uh, cool tunes, and now it's a good time. I mentioned in our What the Facts segment, Rod, just what the, the facts. facts from the weekend. I was in the uh, close company of some billionaires yesterday. I don't know how often that happens in my Mm, life. It's a good time. But I was uh, sitting in where J.J. Gotch, of course. J.J. is the team president of your Austin Gamblers, and he's doing a great job uh, building that franchise from the ground up, the now team PBR concept. And one thing you find out pretty quickly, hey, the crowds were great over the weekend, Rod. Fans love bull riding. Uh, They were there in droves, and, and boy, they put on a show. uh, Really exciting uh, team competition and and. Uh, these these incredible 2,000-pound bulls and the great best riders in the world. Uh, but there's a lot of money in the sport. There's a lot of deep-pocketed deep pocketed mm-hmm. people in, in this sport making this team series go, including Austin's owners. So Austin is owned by a guy named Egan, Egan Durban, Durban uh, who is uh, with Silver Lake. Uh, but Michael Dell. Michael Dell of Dell Technologies and Dell Computer oh, yeah.
2: is also he straight cash has bought
1: in. Mm-hmm. And you know, Durbin Durbin is on the board with uh with Dell and Silver Lake handles the Dell fortune, right? So, uh that seems to make sense, but those two were right there in the right next to us.
2: Yeah, hanging out with hanging billionaires. out. Hanging out, Rod. Hanging out, kicking. And they
1: were they were in their cowboy boots and it was <laughs> uh, that that they that Did leads. you have
2: cowboy boots on?
1: Uh not yesterday. Uh, yesterday, yesterday.
2: Why didn't you wear them? What are you uh, doing? Uh, it was oh. daytime. It
1: was it was a Sunday afternoon. It well, felt so like a, it... it felt like a, a ca- casual Sunday. You know what mm, I'm saying? Yeah, but you were going to a bull riding game. No, it was good. But you Chavaganza. should have seen people dressed up, man. It was oh, yeah. it was big time. Great event. Uh, nice. That's their once a year showcase, and then of course they'll be, you know, all the, all the teams host an event during the course of the this team season. So that was cool, and uh, yeah, it was a fact. I was hanging out with the the billionaires, and Austin won, went three and zero. Uh, they they dominated yesterday, and, and local guy from Rockdale Zeke Mitchell clinched the final ride, the final ride. Oh, nice! With an eight yeah. second ride, which was really cool. Yeah, I met
2: him. He's, co- he's a cool dude. Cool
1: dude. What uh what did you, what do you have for just the facts, Rod? Uh,
2: just the facts. Uh, I want to actually um, get into uh, the Dag Prescott calling the plays a little bit. Uh, I thought that was phenomenal. Okay, so people don't know this. Just the facts. This is something Mike McCarthy does, oft- not often, but he's done it before. He actually let Aaron Rodgers call the plays uh, when he was in Green Bay under Mike McCarthy. And it was a preseason game, meaningless game. Uh, Matt, Fl- Matt Flynn scored six touchdowns in that game. And in this game, this last preseason game for the Cowboys, Will Greer, we talked about, he ended up, uh, obviously, as the quarterback with 358 total yards, four touchdowns in the 31 16 win. Uh, Dak Prescott called the plays, at least in the first half. I'm not sure in the second half you called the plays, but the first half you had 285 yards of offense in the essentially first 29 minutes of Dak Prescott's play-calling career. Uh, touchdowns in three of the four uh, possessions in the first half. 21 points in the first half. You know, they only scored 23 and 14 in the first two preseason games. So shout-out to Dak Prescott. But this is something that Mike McCarthy has done before, by the way. Not something, he's just, he's not something he did just for Dak.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, get him get him ready for for game time. Yeah, calling some plays, thinking the, thinking through the game with his quarterback. And Will Greer had a good night uh, in that Great spot. Night. It is also a fact that C.J. Stroud has been named the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans. That was official. Mm. Uh, only threw four passes last night, completed two of them through a touchdown pass. I will say say this for C.J. Stroud in the preseason. His accuracy is as advertised. I mean, the ball placement that he's got, even the two balls that weren't Agreed. caught last night by elite. his receivers were drops. I mean, they were dropped in mm-hmm. good defensive plays, but his ball placement was on point. He's a young guy who's uh, trying to make his way, but, man, he he delivers a pretty ball, and it's on point. And accuracy is one of the most underrated, um, you know, abilities of a quarterback. To be able to put it where, you, where, you, where it needs to be, tight windows, mm-hmm. tight throws, C.J. Stroud. Um, now the question for CJ is going to be: Does he pick the right guy? Right? Does he does he break down defenses, reads defenses, go through his progressions and coverages? But when he did, when he locks in and goes, very accurate quarterback.
2: <laughs> Yeah, did you see Tank Dell with his... Uh, oh, yeah, nice return. return, yeah. That dude's going to be, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I think he's going to be a, a real player for the Texans. I think he's going to end up making an impact we'll immediately.
1: Well, so good that he's uh, or he's or at such a great camp, the rookie out of Houston, oh, U of H. They almost hardly played him. They tried him like, treated, him like, to him, yeah. they <laughs> treated realize, him like a veteran. Like, They're trying to
2: hide him now. Because they realize, look, teams are going to game plan for him. Yeah. Like, they don't want teams to game plan for him. They like him to surprise teams. But I think right now, he, he definitely is one of the guys you got to well, try to game plan to stop.
1: For a young quarterback like C.J. Stroud, I think his, his top two weapons Earlier going to be Tank Dell and uh, well a the run game with Damian Pierce mm-hmm. and what they think is going to be a very good offensive line in Houston. Damian Pierce the second year back, but Tank Dell and then Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, Sroud has said that he and Dalton have developed yeah. a nice chemistry. Uh, of course, I he was he was Dak Prescott's reliable you know favorite target a lot of times in Dallas.
2: That's still a weird. We still don't know why, why didn't Dalton Schultz sign with I, the Cowboys? Do we remember?
1: I didn't. Why didn't want him come back?
2: He they,
0: wanted more money than he... But I mean, they, they, remember, he played last year on the franchise tag. He ended
2: up taking less money anyway. It's
0: like one year, $10 million from his actions. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, because he, he wanted security, too. And to me, the Cowboys were offering you security probably not as much per year. I think he was just offended by the franchise tag in the end. And players hate the franchise tag. They don't like it. They think of it as a promise ring. And I think he was offended by it. He was like, you know what? After that, it was... Too much, um, no, too much ill will between them at that point. Well, and yeah, remember, bad the, remember the,
1: the tight end market was was minimal this in free agency because the draft was so good. Uh, you know, teams that yep. were going to be looking for tight ends because, like, when you get in free agency, you're looking for teams that are seeking your position. And that's true. This off season, a lot of teams that maybe would have. You know, bit higher on Dalton Schultz. They were looking at the draft where, you know, you had the kid uh, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah and you had Darnell Washington out of Georgia and all Michael that. Michael Mayer. Gosh, they had a, you know, Michael Mayer. That's another one. Yeah. There were available tight ends, including uh, the Cowboys took, took the shoemaker out of Michigan in the second round. So uh, it was the deepest tight end class in the draft in, in a long, long time. And that was part of it for Dalton, not seeing much on the free agent market. Just the facts, Rod. Mm. Just the facts. Uh, so this is a yes. fact. This is not uh, conjecture. The there are groups who are upset at the University of Texas for oh, no. embracing the idea, a t-shirt concept, and a branding concept of embrace the hate. Embrace the hate. Oh, no. uh, Steve Sarkeesian has said it. Uh, you know, He says the motto for this team is embrace the hate. I think that they've kind of assumed this mentality. We get it. We're the University of Texas. This is our last year in the Big 12. Then, of course, last week, in an interview with OrangeBloods.com, Chris Del Conte uh, confirm that we have to embrace the hate uh, because, you know, this, this was before the commissioner of the conference was openly rooting for the opposition, uh, a conference <laughs> member. But um, so some people, this ruffles some feathers. Some people don't like this, Rod, because it's a sensitivity soft community we live in these days. Uh, but here here's uh, social media, of course, Twitter, the Twitter mafia, got out after this thing mm. and then the American the, the the Texas chapter of the American Association of University Professors No oh, no. So the Texas pr- you know academic community uh, also on board. Yeah. saying exactly who at UT Austin authorized this literally hateful use of the Longhorn brand. Asking for all faculty working to instill a positive learning community in our classes and on campus, surely there are better ways to show UT pride than embrace Get out the out hate. Here.
2: And now they're selling the T-shirts at the co-op, aren't they? I'm
0: going to go buy one just because they're pissed off.
2: Now you better bring them up before they take them off the shelves. Now yeah, they're going to be gonna collector's items. Yeah. Matter of fact, I need to head over there and go get one before they take them off the shelves. You're right. Now they're going to end up making them collector's items because they will. Like,
1: are they are they reading it Embrace Hate? Yeah. Are we taking out the, like, Embrace Hate? Okay, no one wants to Embrace Hate. Hmm. But the Longhorns know that they're a hated team and program and all their athletic endeavors in, in the Big 12 this year. I guarantee
0: you all the people that are pissed off about this have never been to a UT sporting event.
2: <laughs> that could be true. That are, could be true.
1: Ty, you're a graduate rod. Are you upset I'm about that? I'm not this?
2: offended, by, but I don't get I don't get offend, I don't get easily offended. A lot of people get easily offended and hey man, to to, to each their own when it I comes think. to that. <laughs> I'm not offended by it though. does it? I don't even I didn't, I didn't even know it was going to be offensive to anybody. But Hate is a strong word. I guess that's the point they're making.
1: I know it's coming. Did you hear the commissioner last week? Hey. Did you hear the deputy commissioner of the conference?
2: Hate, 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 hate. It's haters all over the place, man. <laughs> haters make the world well, go like, round.
1: Embrace the hate. This sounds better than in, embrace. embrace the dislike. <laughs> all right, we'll be back. First hour of five on a Monday.